passages one through five of reflections on the formation and distribution of wealth by anne robert jacques turgot translated by nicolas de condorcet this librivox recording is in the public domain one the impossibility of the existence of commerce upon the supposition of an equal division of lands where every man should possess only what is necessary for his own support if the land was divided among all the inhabitants of a country so that each of them possessed precisely the quantity necessary for his support and nothing more it is evident that all of them being equal no one would work for another neither would any of them possess wherewith to pay another for his labour for each person having only such a quantity of land as was necessary to produce a subsistence would consume all he should gather and would not have anything to give in exchange for the labour of others two the above hypothesis neither has existed nor could continue the diversity of soils and multiplicity of wants compel an exchange of the productions of the earth against other productions this hypothesis never can have existed because the earth has been cultivated before it has been divided the cultivation itself having been the only motive for a division and for that law which secures to every one his property for the first persons who have employed themselves in cultivation have probably worked as much land as their strength would permit and consequently more than was necessary for their own nourishment if this state could have existed it could not possibly be durable each one gathering from his field only a subsistence and not having wherewith to pay others for their labour would not be enabled to supply his other wants of lodging clothing etc etc except by the labour of his hands which would be nearly impossible as every soil does not produce every material the man whose land was only fit to produce grain and would neither bring forth cotton or flax would want linen to clothe him another would have ground proper for cotton which would not yield grain one would want wood for his fire and another be destitute of corn to support him experience would soon teach every one what species of productions his land was best adapted to and he would confine himself to the cultivation of it in order to procure himself those things he stood in need of by an exchange with his neighbours who having on their part acquired the same experience would have cultivated those productions which were best suited to their fields and would have abandoned the cultivation of any other Three the productions of the earth require long and difficult preparations before they are rendered fit to supply the wants of men the productions which the earth supplies to satisfy the different wants of man will not for the most part administer to those wants in the state nature affords them it is necessary they should undergo different operations and be prepared by art wheat must be converted into flour then into bread hides must be dressed or tanned wool and cotton must be spun silk must be taken from the cod hemp and flax must be soaked peeled spun and wove into different textures then cut and sewed together again to make garments etc if the same man who cultivates on his own land these different articles and who raises them to supply his wants was obliged to perform all the intermediate operations himself it is certain he would succeed very badly the greater part of these preparations require care attention and a long experience 
all which are only to be acquired by progressive labour and that on a great quantity of materials let us refer for example to the preparation of hides what labourer can pursue all the particular things necessary to those operations which continue several months sometimes several years if he is able to do it can he do it with a single hide what a loss of time of room and of materials which might be employed either at the same time or successively to ten a large quantity of skins but should he even succeed in manning a single skin and wants one pair of shoes what will he do with the remainder will he kill an ox to make this pair of shoes will he cut down a tree to make a pair of wooden shoes we may say the same thing of every other want of every other man who if he was reduced to his field and the labour of his own hands would waste much time take much trouble be very badly equipped in every respect and would also cultivate his lands very ill Four. the necessity of these preparations bring on the exchange of productions for labour the same motive which has established the exchange of commodity for commodity between the cultivators of land of different natures has also necessarily brought on the exchange of commodities for labour between the cultivators and another portion of society who shall have preferred the occupation of preparing and completing the productions of the earth to the cultivation of it every one profits by this arrangement for every one attaching himself to a peculiar species of labour succeeds much better therein the husbandman draws from his field the greatest quantity it is able to produce and procures to himself with greater facility all the other objects of his wants by an exchange of his superflux than he could have done by his own labour the shoemaker by making shoes for the husbandman secures to himself a portion of the harvest of the latter every workman labours for the wants of the workmen of every other trade who on their side toil also for him five pre-eminence of the husbandman who produces over the artificer who prepares the husbandman is the first mover in the circulation of labour it is he who causes the earth to produce the wages of every artificer it must however be observed that the husbandman furnishing every one with the most important and the most considerable objects of their consumption i mean their food and the materials of almost all manufactures has the advantage of a greater degree of independence his labour among the different species of labour appropriated to the different members of society supports the same pre-eminence and priority as the procuring of food did among the different works he was obliged in his solitary state to employ himself in in order to minister to his wants of every kind this is not a pre-eminence of honour or of dignity but of physical necessity the husbandman can generally speaking subsist without the labour of other workmen but no other workman can labour if the husbandman does not provide him wherewith to exist it is this circulation which by a reciprocal exchange of wants renders mankind necessary to each other and which forms the bond of society it is therefore the labour of the husbandman which gives the first movement what his industry causes the earth to produce beyond his personal wants is the only fund for the wages which all the other members of society receive in recompense for their toil the latter 
by availing themselves of the produce of this exchange to purchase in their turn the commodities of the husbandman only return to him precisely what they have received there is here a very essential difference between the two species of labour on which it is necessary to reflect and to be well assured of the ground on which they stand before we trust to the innumerable consequences which flow from them End of passages one through five.